Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Hey, it is time now for Every Day is Earth Day, and I've got a guest from the Minnesota Interfaith Power and Light, and it's a nonprofit. So I've got on the phone with me the Outreach and Policy Manager for Minnesota Interfaith Power and Light. Her name is Teresa Verndorn, and she works to organize and equip faith and spiritual communities to take action for climate justice and to grow the interfaith climate movement. We've been getting this Minnesota Interfaith Power and Light email for the longest time so somewhere along the line like I said my husband was to signed up and I kept thinking well do they want us to get it solar panels or what and I didn't really understand I just kind of like went by it and finally I said well you know I'm going to find out so what in the world is this and what does it have to do with climate change well thanks so much for having me on your show I love working at MNIPL that's our shorter name I know it's a long name uh, but we are part of 40 interfaith power and lights around the country working um, with states to, as you said, build the interfaith climate justice movement because we really believe people of faith and spirituality have a really critical role in addressing not only the climate crisis, but environmental racism and um, making sure we have a healthy planet. So I can talk a little bit about what we do since I know that. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know what you do. I mean, I'm really curious and how it all works. So we like to use the bicycle model, if you can picture two bikes. We try to do two things of leadership development and also providing on-ramps to take action. So we have about 300 faith communities that are actively engaged around the state. And we have several, you know, lots of others that maybe are tangentially involved with MNIPL, but about 300 that are really active. And what they can do is with leadership development, we offer trainings called Be the Spark. We used to do them pre-COVID in person. Mm -hmm. They were kind of these 10-hour, nice Sunday afternoons trainings to give people the tools and organizing abilities to go back to their maybe faith or spiritual community, maybe their mosque or their church, and help get people active on climate. And that can look so different in every single community. And that's really the beauty of organizing people of faith. Because maybe in one church, you know, they've never even said the word climate change, and it's a really big deal to even mention it from the pulpit and talk about how it relates to, you know, people's faith. Um, And other people, you know, maybe they've been taking action on climate for years and years, and they've had a green team that's really active. And so we can help them be more effective or think through, um, you know, year-long goals um, and strategies to be more effective. Because we find a lot of faith communities, maybe they'll put on, um, you know, a a movie screening or a book club, and those kind of things are great. But we try to help communities really think deeper, like, what are the goals that you want to achieve this year? Maybe it's, you know, we want to try to get solar panels on our building Um, Or we want to, you know, work with other faith communities in our neighborhood to, you know, talk with our elected officials about climate. Um, So we try to help them actually dig down to what do you actually want to achieve? Because faith communities have a lot of power. We are a nonprofit. So how did it all get started? I mean, I assume somebody must have said, hey, let's let's do this. And so give me a little history on how it all came about and how it's grown. 
So MNICL started in 2004 as Congregations Caring for Creation, um, still a long name, and I actually was not involved back then, so I could not talk as much about it, but I believe that back then it was kind of more of, you know, being a resource for faith communities. Maybe they could go to the website and see possible prayers or ideas on climate, but there was less, you know, giving people skills to organize and talk in their own communities and take action together. So in 2011, our new, well, not new anymore, (laughs) executive director, Julia Nurbin, uh, came into the role and decided to have Congregations Caring for Creation become part of this national movement, like I said, of interfaith power and light, which around the country um, in 40 states is, is engaging people of faith. So that's a little bit about our history. And I, I guess I didn't add, when I when we talk about the bicycle, we really focus on leadership development, helping people be effective. But then the other leg of, or the you know other part of the bicycle is providing on-ramps to actually taking action so that people can be effective. And so we like to think of ourselves as a resource to help people both. Like I mentioned with solar, we actually have a solar program manager who can help faith communities figure out how to get solar, maybe some rebates that they can get, how to tell their solar story, and all the way to policy campaigns. Like we, this spring, had about 500 people of faith across the state get on Zoom with their Congress people, and we had seven Zoom meetings. Uh, We didn't meet, unfortunately, with Congressional District 1, so Mankato was not able to participate. But in all of our other meetings, we had five or six faith communities in that district share their, you know, two-minute climate story uh, with their congressperson and share why they wanted Congress to act boldly on climate. I mean, they were really, really powerful opportunities to use our faith voice together, even during COVID, um, because we could do it on Zoom. So anyway, we both provide, maybe a congregation wants to take smaller action within their community, we can help them do that. But we also offer these on-ramps to to be more powerful together than we ever could be. Well, I know our church, for example, we do highway cleanups and things like that. And I think we've seen videos and things to do with climate change. And our pastor talks about that sort of thing. But I, I don't know that we're a member of, or do you have to become a member? Or how does that work that, that this, I guess I don't understand exactly how a congregation, and you say faith community, so it can be any sounds like any type of faith how do they get involved how we normally like to work is the snowflake model so if you can picture a snowflake say you know say your church has someone who wants to be a community connector that's a pretty simple role you know it does it can be as much work or as little work as people need depending on their time but say you have one person who says hey i'm gonna get mnipl's emails i'm gonna be up to date on what's going on there are monthly community connector webinars to learn about important things going on in the world or big opportunities on climate. And then they can report back to their congregation, like, hey, there's this big prayer vigil. Here's what it is. Here's why it's important. Let's show up. Let's get involved. Or conversely, you know, say a community is doing something really cool or they want to celebrate, you know, an action they've taken or they achieved their, you know, a goal. Um, They can let MNIPL know we can, you know, amplify their story. We have a blog on our website. We have um, an email list we can put in the newsletter so we can inspire other people of faith. Like, oh, look at what this church did. You know, you could do that too. So we have about, like I said, about 300 community connectors that are connecting their communities. But like I said, 
we have other communities that maybe aren't as active. Maybe they get some emails sometimes or they kind of know what's going on, but they, they don't have someone really connecting their congregation to the climate movement. Now, Carissa, are you based in the Twin Cities then? Yeah, so most of our staff are in the Twin Cities. We do have one staff member in Duluth working in northern Minnesota. So my question is, is this spread throughout the state in outstate Minnesota, or is it more in the major city areas just because, like I said, maybe people haven't heard about it yet? Because I'm unfamiliar with it, and I don't know if there's Mankato churches or congregations involved or not either. Yeah, that's a great question. We are always wanting to grow, you know, in greater Minnesota. And obviously we have a big Twin Cities kind of suburbs presence, but we do have a greater Minnesota presence as well. And the way that works, uh, especially with COVID, but even before COVID, you know, with physically traveling in person, we actually have a River Prairie, Mankato, St. Peter network that's been meeting about once a month facilitated by MNIPL staff who used to live in Mankato, so has a connection to the area. Um, and local congregations would, um, they, they get together, they share what they're working on. Um, they, I believe, have, um, have been working on getting the city of St. Peter to make a climate action plan. So kind of doing something in their local area. And we have things like that going on in Rochester, working on building that up in St. Cloud. So really working on empowering volunteers who live in an area to bring in more people of faith uh, to take action together, to support each other, maybe share what they're working on, encourage each other. And obviously, like I said, with Zoom, making it so much easier for people to connect. That's also been a really great opportunity to expand around the state. We have had a lot more action in western Minnesota, which honestly, we really had no one super active in before. COVID's obviously been a big hindrance, but has also offered the opportunity to engage people no matter where they are around the So if someone was to get involved, what is the Mankato one called? Who do they contact? How do they find out more about it? So if someone listening to the station says, well, I want to know more about that. How could my congregation or I could get involved with this? Yes, that's awesome. It's called the River Prairie Network, and you could email Sam, just S-A-M, at MNIPL.org. Again, it's Sam at MNIPL.org to uh, join that network. And right now, again, they're they're meeting on Zoom, um, but hopefully, eventually, we'll go back to uh, meeting in person. Well, what are some examples that these, you mentioned 300 faith communities, what are some examples of things that they have actually done based on some of the information that you've been providing for them? Yeah, faith communities do all kinds of things. And I think one really important concept just to share is that we really believe in the three-legged stool of climate action because, you know, a lot of faith communities, like you even said, maybe they'll think, oh, we took action by picking up trash Mm -hmm. or, and that's really important, or maybe by getting LED light bulbs so that we're more energy efficient. And those kind of practical actions are really important. However, we know that, let's say, you know, I go to a church in St. Paul and we're actually looking into because of caring for creation and because it saves money, moving from a gas boiler to a clean energy one. Even if we got 100% carbon neutral, we're not emitting any more carbon dioxide as a church. Amazing. That really, in the scheme of things, is going to make almost no difference in the climate crisis, right? Because it's just so big. So we know that it's important to take practical action, but we know that's not enough. And so when we think of the three-legged stool, one action is practical. The other leg of the stool is systemic. So again, 
helping people of faith really change the system, right? Talk to their legislators. Um, we did some work last year getting out the vote, so helping faith communities in a nonpartisan way, encourage their communities to vote their values, um, things like that. Um, like I said, we did this big push for, for Congress to impact our decision makers. Um, and a lot of them said, like, wow, I don't hear from people of faith on climate enough. This really made an impression on me, which was awesome to hear. Um, and then the third leg of the stool that's equally important is spiritual and relational actions. And so that's more of helping people really dig deep and connect. How does my faith or how do my values um, connect with this crisis we're facing, the climate crisis? And how do I talk to other people and, and bring them in? Because we know that one of the most important things you can do on climate is talk about it. Um, a study this week actually uh, just said that 76% of Americans believe climate change is happening and 70% are worried. But in 2019, that same study from Yale found only four in 10 Americans actually talk about it with people. So there's a big gap. People are worried about it but way less people are actually talking about it, especially related to their faith. Um, and so congregations are taking action in, in really amazing ways all over the state. And what we try to do is capture those stories, amplify them. I think one that has really inspired me, because I actually just became a homeowner um, in Minneapolis last year, um, is this couple in a congregation in St. Paul. They uh, went completely off of gas. They um, have fully electrified their home, so their heating, their stove, all of that. And that's a great practical action, but they didn't stop there. They actually turned it into um, a spiritual and relational one because they invited their church community. So about 40 people came to their house. This was before COVID and did mm -hmm. a tour of their house. I think they made like nine changes to go off of fossil fuels and electrify. So they got to see all the different parts of what they did learn about how to do it themselves and their pastor did a blessing for all nine parts of the house and so it was this amazing way for people to you know get ideas for themselves they saw their their friends from church did this maybe next time they buy a stove they'll get an electric one too and the only thing missing of course was systemic i don't believe that they took action and talked to their legislator about helping homes decarbonize. But they did get their story amplified by MNIPL. They actually got an article in the newspaper that was a way of change. Hopefully <laughs> their legislator saw that. So those are just kind of these, and that's just one example of these really amazing stories that communities do um, that make sense for them. Because again, every community is so different. So is the big thing you are doing then that is pretty much trying to, to get the word to the policy makers, I mean, you talk about we can all do our own little individual pieces, but need to do more by reaching out to Congress, legislature, et cetera. So that is that kind of your thing? So you're more of an activist group? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a mix. I mean, we, like I said, we have staff that help congregations do practical actions if they, if they need help with that. But what I do, you're right, is more focused on how do we help congregations really leverage their power, their unique voice to change the system. And, and for me, that's what really gets me out of bed in the morning. That's what really inspires me. So I'm glad I get to do that. And actually one specific invitation for folks in Mankato and actually connection, um, something we're working on right now is, as you, as you might know, the Glasgow UN climate talks are coming up in November. 
And these are really, really important talks because world leaders are going to be holding each other accountable to the promises they made in the Paris Climate Accords about five years ago, which hopefully, if people follow their commitments, will limit climate change to 1.5 degrees of Celsius, which is the most stable out of a bad situation we can keep our world. However, a lot of countries are not at this point on track to make those goals and make those commitments. And so what we're really excited to do is invite people of faith, again, in their own unique ways around the state, to take some really key actions to build public pressure, especially on President Biden, but on all world leaders ahead of um, those Glasgow talks. So I'd love if If I can, I could give a little information about what those are. They kind of give not only an example of some things that we work on, Mm -hmm. but then also an invitation for for your listeners. Is is this your series of webinars you're going to be telling us about here? Yeah, they're a mix of webinars and getting getting into the streets too. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, talk so. about talk about if people want to get What if you're not a member of a faith community and you still think this is a good idea to get involved with? Yeah, that's super important. We definitely value like in our website we say people of faith and conscience. We know that not everyone is part of a faith community or maybe you used to be and you're just not sure. Obviously, there are lots of climate groups in Minnesota, so we're really excited to be kind of focusing on this group. However, we know, again, there's people with such deep spirituality and faith who might not be part of a church or might not be part of a mosque. And so in that case, we really encourage people to think about maybe are you part of a book club or maybe your neighbors or your group of friends. You could be a community connector, even if you're not part of a faith community. You could be connecting if you're a teacher, your teacher friends, so things like that. But we really do try to help people lean into what are your deepest values? If you're a person of faith, how does your faith inspire you and, and lead you in this really hard time of the climate crisis? But yeah, everybody, everybody's welcome and valued. Well, talk um, about those things and what you are doing that, that are coming up. The, the first one is actually an invitation to come to D.C. Obviously, that is not possible for everyone. No. <laughs> um, but on October 11th through the 15th, um, there's a national week of action called People versus Fossil Fuels. So it's an indigenous and frontline community. That means communities that, um, especially our communities of color, that are facing fossil fuel projects. Maybe they're next to oil refineries. They suffer air pollution at much higher rates. These different groups have been fighting fossil fuel projects for years, kind of on an individual basis. And they're actually calling people to come to D.C. to take action together and say, hey, President Biden, we need you, if you really care about climate change, to stop you know, allowing new fossil fuel projects from now on. That would include the Line 3 pipeline that um, maybe your listeners know was just completed or yes. it's going to be completed tomorrow. Um, and that's something that we at MNIPL have been engaging people of faith around for years in calling for the pipeline not to be built. And so anyway, we're, we're really excited about, you know, for people who are willing to take the COVID risk, everything will obviously be masked and outdoors and vaccines are required to actually come on October 11th through the 13th. That's when we are having um, a multi-faith delegation so clergy and people of faith and spirituality are going to come on those on actually Tuesday and Wednesday where maybe, you know, if you have 
regalia if you're a faith leader or you have signs that say, again, for me, I'm a Christian, so, you know, Christians for climate justice or Christians against fossil fuels, we'll have a really powerful combined statement together um, in D.C. So this is the D.C. Um, so, thing, which a lot of us at this point probably aren't going to, you yeah. know, it's coming up pretty fast. Are there other yeah. things closer to home that we might do to make a difference that you've got planned? Yeah. So and and I'll say for people who can't go to D.C., which is probably a lot of people, if you want to watch a report back Zoom on Tuesday, October 12th, um, you can go to MNIPL.org slash events. And you'll get to hear from people about the experience um, and learn how you can amplify that message. Um, but then something you can do right here in Minnesota is uh, the weekend right after D.C., <laughs> this big national action, um, we're going to be part of a global action called Faith for Climate Justice, um, which is October 17th and 18th. That's Sunday and Monday. Um, and that's really for people of faith to stand up ahead of the Glasgow Climate Talks and take public prayer action saying, you know, we want an end to fossil fuels, we want climate justice, and we want leaders in Glasgow to, you know, actually follow through on their commitments. Um, so what you can do, you know, if you're in Mankato, if you want to drive up to Minneapolis on Monday, October 18th, we're going to have a multi-faith prayer gathering at noon at the federal building. It'll be a really great way to, you know, add on to that pressure to President Biden. Um, but from a faith perspective. Um, and of course, if you actually want to organize your own prayer gathering, maybe in Mankato or St. Peter, you can absolutely do that as well. There are going to be actions in 40 countries around the world happening that day. Um, and if you want to learn more about that, again, you can go to mnitl.org slash events, um, or you could email me. I think I'll just share my email at the end, um, but you'll find it on our website. And then another thing that you can do, even if you can't come on Monday, maybe you have work or you don't want to drive, um, is we're giving congregations a toolkit um, for hopefully that weekend, but really any time in October, um, to take action as a congregation. Or again, if you're not in a faith community, maybe with your family or your book club or group of friends. And um, this toolkit that you can get, I will share the link in a second once I explain it, um, it has some opportunities to, you know, invite your congregation to the prayer gathering. Um, it has a sign-on letter that you can either um, do online or you can print out and, you know, have after worship for people um, to sign that will actually be brought to Glasgow for global mm -hmm. world leaders. Um, and the really exciting thing that I'm, I'm excited about, so I hope that you all take advantage of it, is we're actually going to have an interface power and light delegation, so people of faith going to Glasgow um, to have a faith witness there. And so we're collecting what we're calling prayer squares, these fabric, um, you know, squares that people can write, you know, your prayers or draw your hope for the future for climate justice or write a letter to your future children, you know, whatever you want, really, um, to convey and will actually connect um, and display in Glasgow for world leaders. So kind of this um, symbolic, we're bringing our prayers, our hopes for climate justice to Glasgow. Um, and you can do that. You don't even have to come to our office and pick up the prayer squares. You can actually um, request them to be mailed to you. So are these um, like little pieces of, of fabric or something like for a quilt kind of thing or what, what you, I'm just. Yeah, yep, fabric, little squares. So what we're gonna do is um, either staple if we don't have time or actually sew them together to kind of make a, a 
long, long banner ribbon um, type visual. Um, And so the way that you can learn more about that is you can go, you can either email me, which is carissa at mnipl.org or just find it on our website, my email. Um, Or I did make a little link. It might be, (laughs) might be confusing, but it's bit, B-I-T dot Lee, L-Y, slash, um, S4CJMN, like Faith for Climate Justice Minnesota. All right. But again, if that's too much to <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Could, so, so to go to your, your regular um, site, I assume we can just go to the Minnesota Interfaith Power and Light site and find probably that on there? Yeah, yep. So you can go to MNIPL.org. You can find my email there and follow up with any questions you have. And then on our events page, you can find everything that we just talked about. Um, so, yeah. And I see you have coming up on Tuesday, October 5th. So this is coming up. And on Tuesday, October 12th, you've got a couple Zoom sessions. One is called Ending the Fossil Fuel Era, October's Community Connector webinar. And then you've got one then October 12th, report back from the multi-faith delegation at People versus Fossil Fuels Action in Washington, D.C. So people can join your online Zooms to kind of learn more information as well. Yes. Yeah, and that's a great plug. So next Tuesday, um, like I mentioned, we have monthly community connector webinars to people representing, you know, communities around the state come together. And we'll be talking a lot more about all of these fall actions, you know, why they're important, how people can take action. So definitely come on the 5th if you're curious or want to learn more. Um, and I guess one last thing I'll say is in Glasgow, we'll, we'll have one final webinar, TBD. We haven't decided when quite yet, um, but people will get to hear back from Glasgow, see the prayer squares that were displayed, um, and hear how they can, um, you know, build pressure as those negotiations are going on in November. Should people reach out to their pastors or someone who is the head of their uh, organization to join the Interfaith Network? I mean, if they don't, maybe aren't already, is that what it takes to get involved? Is like a, a membership fee, or I guess I'm not clear how to join yeah, that's a great question. So on our website, um, you can sign up to be a community connector. There's no fee involved. Okay. Um, so we are a nonprofit, so we always love donations. You can definitely <laughs> go do that. But um, yeah, you can. Um, and again, I'd love to chat more um, on the phone or via email with folks if they want to talk more about, you know, I want to talk to my pastor and we've never talked about climate before. Um, but again, the first step is really just becoming a community connector. And you might you know, my church, just as an example, we really never talked about climate change ever uh, mm-hmm. before I started becoming involved in MNIPL. Um, but I was still a community connector because, you know, I was starting more at the beginning. And, sure. um, you know, we're all on a journey. And, and that's really the beauty of um, working in these different communities, um, well, but for the same goal. Well, thank you for enlightening us. We are talking with Carissa Verdorn, who is with the Minnesota Interfaith Power and Light. It's a nonprofit that works to get faith communities and spiritual communities involved in taking action for climate justice. We are out of time, but wow, just a lot of great info and something I didn't understand and know what all you did. And so thank you for your time and, and thanks for uh, filling us all with all this information. Yeah, thanks so much, Karen. All right, Uh, go ahead. Anything else? Oh, no, no. It was wonderful to be together, so thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. There you go. A segment for our Every Day is Earth Day. Every Day is Earth Day is brought to you 
Supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you are part owner, member NCUA, and more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by Lee Pomeroy. It's one minute past 11 and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato. And KMS Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.